Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I strongly believe that it is possible to have a long and happy and fulfilling career as a private school leader. And my passion is to help you figure out exactly how to do just that right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. I have three daughters that are all in their 20s, and my middle daughter, Hannah, when she was young, she, like a lot of kids, would like to watch TV on Saturday morning, and there's some cartoons, and there's some, you know, animal nature shows, but I remember one morning when she was little that I came out, and she was watching an infomercial for the Little Giant Ladder. And the little giant ladder is that ladder that like unfolds and it does all of these like different configurations and different angles and gets you into tight spots and whatever. And for some reason, she's sitting there and she is just glued to the television as this infomercial for this ladder is playing. And if you've ever watched an infomercial, there's something that is pretty common among all of them. And they say this phrase, but wait, there's more. So whether it's the knives or whether it's the ladder or exercise equipment or whatever, they keep telling you, but wait, there's more, but wait, there's more. And so sometimes that sounds too good to be true. Well, on today's episode of the Private School Leader podcast, I'm going to teach you how to do one thing that will make you a happier and better compensated leader. But wait, there's more. It can also help you overcome imposter syndrome. But wait, there's more. It's totally free. One more time. But wait, there's more. Over the course of the school year, this will probably average out to less than two minutes a day for you to make this happen by the end of the school year. So I'm going to teach you one thing that will make you a happier and better compensated leader. Does that sound too good to be true? Does it sound like an infomercial? Well, hopefully by episode 37, you're still here. Hopefully you trust me a little bit and believe that I will tell you the truth and tell you things that will actually work. So we are going to figure this out and I am going to tell you this in just a moment. But first, (laughs) but wait, there's more. But first, I wanted to let you know I've created a free resource for you called The Top Six Ways to Protect Your School from a Lawsuit. And this is a free 10-page PDF that will help you keep your staff and students safe and help keep your school out of court. We all know that litigation is expensive and time-consuming and extremely stressful, and I've created a common-sense guide that will help you be more intentional and proactive when it comes to protecting your school. And you can get the top six ways to protect your school from a lawsuit by going to theprivateschoolleader.com slash lawsuit. And that's just a free gift to you to say thank you for listening to the podcast. And one more thing, I just want you to be sure to check out the free resources on my website. And you can go to theprivateschoolleader.com slash resources. And specifically... There's a lot of stuff there, but specifically I want to point out three things, and these are called plug-and-play PDs that are free for you to use with your staff. 
These are 45-minute webinars complete with guided notes and discussion questions. Three of them are, uh, number one, the top six ways to build effective relationships with difficult parents, um, also the seven habits of highly effective private school teachers, and how to turn pedestal kids into gritty kids by implementing growth mindset. And all of that is free for you to grab over at theprivateschoolleader.com slash resources. Okay, so the thing that is going to make you a happier and better compensated leader is to create an annual portfolio. Annual portfolio. So trust me, I'll walk you through this. So I've divided this into four parts. Part one is I'm going to tell you what I exactly I mean by an annual portfolio and why I started one. Part two is to tell you how to create one for free, spending less than two minutes a day on it over the course of a school year. Part three is to tell you how an annual portfolio has made me a happier and better compensated leader. And that's about 11 years is the sample size of me doing this. And then part four is to tell you what to do with your annual portfolio at the end of the school year. So number one, part number one, what do I mean by an annual portfolio and why did I start doing it? So in 2012, um, I became the head of middle school at my current school. And then two years after that, fourth and fifth grade were added to me and I am the head of intermediate and middle school at my school. And when I started there in 2012, at that time, my school had kind of an elaborate evaluation process and year-end review, and a portfolio was required to kind of show evidence of what you had done over the course of the year. And so before I came to my current school, I was the head of school for 21 years at a religious school, and I'll be honest, I had never created an annual portfolio um, up until that point in my career. And I said it was pretty thorough, it was pretty elaborate. Um, there were sections on SMART goals and um, accomplishments, um, teamwork, professional conduct, communication, uh, professional development, client service, collegial leadership, supervisory leadership, and position-specific leadership. So I had those different areas where um, I needed to demonstrate my uh, progress and show evidence of that in the annual portfolio. So it was kind of a lot, and that was kind of new to me. And so I put it together. I'll be honest, that first year I kind of really didn't know what I was doing, but it turned out okay. And then at the end of the school year, we have an annual meeting where my head of school evaluates me, my annual evaluation meeting, and we went over the portfolio together. Now, after a couple of years at, the, at my school, um, the portfolio part was no longer required, and we've since modified the um, evaluation model. But because of the impact that the annual portfolio had on me, Again, making me happier, uh, making me feel less like an imposter. Um, I can't tie it directly to being better compensated, but I feel strongly that it has a link to that over the last 11 years. 
And so my point is, is that even though after two years it was no longer required, I kept doing it and I still do it. So an annual portfolio, as you know, is typically um, evidence of what has happened over the course of a year in your business, in your school, in your organization. And so there's probably all different kinds of portfolios out there, but I'm going to talk to you about how to create one that I think will be very easy for you to do, but it has tremendous benefits. And I'll get to the benefits in part three, but hang in there with me. Trust me, I'll keep it really simple and just tell you how to create a portfolio, an annual portfolio. And then we'll talk about the benefits in a few minutes. Okay. So I said, it's really simple. What you need to do is to start a Google doc. And so I know that uh, many of you might use Microsoft Word, but you start a document. So I'm just going to refer to it as a Google Doc because that's what I use. And so in this Google Doc, it has three sections. And those three sections are, number one, positive comments, number two, accomplishments, and number three, professional development. And so on the Google Doc, you just write those headings and then skip a few spaces because you're going to be copying and pasting or typing things in there a little bit at a time over the course of the whole school year so that then at the end of the year, you have a portfolio. And so let me break down each section. So positive comments. Well, what do I mean by that? Okay. So whenever I get, so let's say for example, right now, I've got my um, portfolio, a Google, I have a Google Doc that exists that is, um, has already started for um, next school year. And if I get an email that is a parent, let's say that's, thanks for the way that you handled that problem. Or I get an email from a teacher that's positive, or maybe I get an email from a parent because I sent a photo um, of their kid you know, having a good time at recess, um, you know, thanks, this made my day. Um, you know, if I get a text from someone and it's positive, I'll actually um, copy and paste that text um, into the Google Doc. Um, if I sometimes, well, I'll get a handwritten note from someone and I'll actually type the note into the positive comments section in the Google Doc. Now, all of this will be clear in a few minutes as to why I do this. But um, and I will acknowledge a couple of things. First of all, you might be, um, you know, driving in your car to school or out on a run or walking the dog or doing chores around the house while you're listening to this. And you're thinking, yeah, right. I never get any positive emails. I never get positive texts. I never get notes. All it is is complain, complain, complain. Okay. Well, a couple things. First of all, I want to acknowledge my head of school is actually very good at sending just a little short email, but uh, that's positive if, you know, when she feels like something, um, that I did something well, but honestly, her feedback is probably only about 5% of my positive comment section of my Google doc. And so you may get some, but you can get more. And it's like, well, wait a second, you know, what, what am I going to do? Go fishing for compliments? Well, no, you're going to remain authentic. And, but what I believe is, is that another thing, it's sort of like a cycle where the knowing that I have this positive comments, um, Google doc, what I started to do 
was I just really focused on being intentional encouragement, intentionally encouraging parents, um, my teachers, the um, my colleagues, and just pretty much everyone that I um, have interactions with when I at school could be a student. And so it motivates me to do a little more, a little more so that, 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 that extra, that little extra. So that extra photo, um, taking the time to send that to the parent or that extra check-in that's literally one or two sentences in an email. Just the, the things that I would do over the course of a day, a week, whatever, but just intentional encouragement. And then another thing that I do is I, I'm around Thanksgiving and um, I, I will send uh, around Thanksgiving and also around the end of the school year, I will just send an email to the parents and I'll just be like, you know, thank you for um, trusting us with your students, with your kids. And, um, you know, just attach a few uh, photos from the school year so far with, with those particular kids. And a lot of times there will be parents who are extremely grateful for um, the fact that their kid is at your school and is having a great year. And then it might just be a sentence that they come back and it's like, thanks for all you do. So you're not fishing, you're not being inauthentic, you're not, you know, trying to stir up um, and get positive comments. Really what it is, is that we just need to notice that we get those positive comments. And then what you're going to do is remember, you have this Google Doc, every single time that you get a positive comment, in an email, in a text, in a card, you're going to copy and paste that into positive comments, put the name of the person and the date, and then boom, back to your day. Okay. That literally took less than 30 seconds for you to do that. You open an email. Oh, that's nice. Um, a couple nice sentences from a parent or from a, from a colleague, maybe from a graduate from your school, whatever the case might be. And Again, I know for some of you, it's fewer and farther between than for others, but it happens every once in a while. And so you copy paste that into the Google Doc. So that's positive comments. Okay. Part two is accomplishments. Now there's an old saying that says that when you do the impossible, it becomes part of your job description. And I think that this is really true about private school leaders. And I also think that we really diminish our accomplishments. We just see things that we should be celebrating that should be cause for celebration to, and we see them as, well, that's just part of my job. That's just what I do. And we look back on the school year and we just check the box and say, okay, another school year in the books. And we don't really remember because we're just go, 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 go all the time, putting out fires with our hair on fire that we don't really think about the things that we accomplished. And so again, in this section, we are going to put in accomplishments and we are going to just um, type that in there every time that we do something that we feel like, well, you know, we did that. Um, you know, that was, that was something that we did. We did something new or we did something really well that we usually do. And here's the thing. At the end of the year, you're going to go back and you're going to edit this and you're going to take some of them out because you're going to be like, well, was that really accomplished an accomplishment? But for now, I just don't want you to think 
it through and analyze it because if you do and you overanalyze it, then you'll have like one or two or zero things on your accomplishments list in your Google Doc. So I'm going to give you a few examples. I went back and I searched in my Google Drive for my accomplishments document from some different school years. So here's just a few examples. Um, created and implemented the Intro to Intermediate School Program, see supporting documents. So one year, I don't know, maybe like 2014, 2015, um, third grade rising to fourth grade. And this is just a sidebar that for you and for retention at your school, whenever you have a transition year from, in our school, it's from third to fourth, um, lower school to intermediate school, and in fifth to sixth, um, from intermediate school to middle school. And in your school, it also might be eighth to ninth from middle school to high school. When you have a transition year where the division is different and there's different expectations, you really need to do a lot of intentional communicating with parents and, and having them come in for an open house to meet the teachers and just a lot of different things. There's a link, um, a link, a episode of the, this podcast, um, in the show notes at the private schoolier.com slash episode 37 called eight retention strategies that actually work. Um, and it elaborates a little bit more about how we had a retention crisis in the summer of 2014 and the eight things that we did to solve that crisis. And one of them was, um, this create an intro to intermediate school program. Another accomplishment I have on here held fifth grade parent retention meetings with all interested parents. Um, Achieved a 96% retention rate in 5th to 6th grade. And another one was um, 95% of all middle school students attended the spring dance. And you're like, okay, wait a second. You mean you counted the students who were there and you figured out what percent of the kids showed up to the middle school dance? And the answer is, yeah, that's what I did. Um, because voluntary attendance at things is a, one of the best indicators of your culture at uh, your school. And so um, that's an accomplishment. And it's, is, it, is it hard to measure why 95% of the kids showed up for the middle school dance? Yes. Um, but it's something that I, I put in there. Um, and I think that it's a reflection of the culture of your school. 73% um, of fifth graders participated in Step Up Sports this year. So we have a fifth grade program called Step Up Sports where the fifth graders practice on the middle school team. And they then get to know the middle school kids and get to know the coaches. The athletic director gets a few games for them that are fifth and sixth graders against the other school. And um, then what happens is, is that fifth to sixth grade is no longer seen as a decision year because these fifth graders know the middle school kids and they're already super excited about middle school and it also reduces the anxiety. So it's a retention thing, but it's also a social emotional thing. Um, in the fall of 2016, successfully introduced growth mindset in intermediate school. Um, another one that I listed here as an accomplishment is we set a record for attendance at the spring musical. Um, successfully introduced a five-week consent curriculum for seventh and eighth grade during middle school advisory called Power Up. It's about power and relationships. So we, from start to finish, figured out, okay, we want to do this. We implemented it. We did it. And we were proud of it. Um, encouraged the following people to create school Instagram accounts this year. And then I listed the names of the four teachers. And then they're out there. They're putting content out into the that void um, that exists 
about the school with photos and um, a short caption. And so that's just a few examples. And, and the reason that I did that on purpose was because I want you to start rethinking the word accomplishment. You know, accomplishment for you might mean, okay, yes, we raised the $2 million for the capital campaign check, you know, and that's an accomplishment. Or we um, cut the ribbon on the new construction, the new building check. That's an accomplishment. But there are a lot of little steps along the way and a lot of little things. We ju I just want you to view things a little differently as far as accomplishments and then just start putting them in there in that Google Doc. And like I said, before you share this with anybody, you're going to go back and you're going to edit it and there might be a few things that you take out. But I'll explain why this is so important to put everything in there. I'll explain that in a few minutes. Okay, so second section is accomplishments. First section is positive comments. And the third section is professional development. So anything that you do during the course of the school year, you watched a video webinar, you read a leadership book, you attended a training, you went to a conference, you spoke at a conference, just list it, just put it in there. So I'm talking about this two minutes a day or less. And if you just, when you see the positive comment, copy paste, um, if you, um, you know, once you do the thing and it's an accomplishment, you just type it in there in a sentence or two. That's really quick. And um, professional development, when you do the thing that is the professional development, you just type that in there and you've just got this Google Doc. I don't know how you are about keeping tabs open. Some people that kind of freaks you out. Some people have a ton of tabs open. But if you just keep this Google Doc open as a tab, then it makes it so much easier to just throw it in there. And again, in my experience and my sample size is 11 years, I would estimate that it's actually less than two minutes a day. It's probably closer to one minute a day um, on average for me to create my annual portfolio by just throwing things into the Google Doc. Okay. Now here's probably the most important part of the, the podcast. Part three, I want to tell you how an annual portfolio has made me a happier and better compensated leader. All right. First of all, why does my annual portfolio make me happier? All right. Let's say that it is November 15th and I'm having a bad day and I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling a little sad. What I will do is I'll open up my port my Google Doc, my portfolio Google Doc, and I'll just read the positive comments. Let's say they start in July or August. It's now November 15th, and I just go through and I read them. And then I'll go through and I'll read the accomplishments. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, uh, I, I do know what I'm doing. And, oh, yeah, not, not everything is bad at this school. And, oh, yeah, um, we, we did do that, and that felt pretty good. And here's the problem. If you, got, if you don't have an annual portfolio and a Google Doc where you're putting positive comments, if it's November 15th and someone sent you a nice email, like I said, two sentences uh, of something nice um, back on September 4th, all right? You forgot about that by the end of the day on September 4th. There is no way you're going to remember it. When I read my annual portfolio positive comments and accomplishments on November 15th, there's stuff that I forget. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Well, you know why? It's because our hair is on fire and we're putting out fires and we're playing whack-a-mole all at the same time. And we're always on to what's next, what's next, what's next. And we don't have time to pause and think about anything. 
And so this forces us, it doesn't force us, but it's available for when you're having a bad day and when you're not feeling happy and energized and fulfilled, you're feeling sad and overwhelmed and frustrated, that you can actually open this up. And I'll tell you what it does. It floods my brain with dopamine and then I feel better and I'm happier. And it also gives me joy because joy is different than happiness. Joy is that good feeling that is not um, completely controlled by the circumstances of the situation. And it just helps me to um, feel better and to be happier. And so overall, um, how does my annual portfolio help me to be a happier person? All of the things that I forget about the positive comments, the accomplishments, and the fact that I'm investing in myself with professional development. It's so easy to forget because we never stop and get out of the raging rapids and stand on the shore and stop and think for a second. But if you open up your Google Doc and read it, it's going to be there. And then one last thing, and this is kind of an extra tip, sometimes I'll go back and I'll open up the 2014-2015 portfolio and I'll read through those positive comments. And it's like, Oh, yeah. Um, so, again, I don't do it very often. I would say maybe that happens about once a month, maybe once every two months where I need to open it up. But it also could be that if you're having a bad stretch, that it happens more often than that. So an annual portfolio over the years has made me a happier leader. What about a better compensated leader? Okay, so I want you to think about your boss for a second. So your boss, <clears throat> excuse me, your boss, either the head of school or perhaps the board president, if you are the head of school, and that person is very busy and they forget all of the little accomplishments and many of them they're not aware of, especially if it's a board president and they're not in your building. Um, and they think that you can do the impossible. And so one of the well-known jokes that's out there for schools when they're independent schools when they're searching for a head of school when they're asked well what are you looking for in a head of school and the well-known answer to that joke is god on a good day okay so that is what we're expected to be and what we're expected to do and they think we can do the impossible i was speaking recently to a head of school and she told me that people tell her all the time oh you're so strong you can handle anything. And she said, you know, I used to take that as a compliment, but now I'm starting to resent it. And it actually feels like an insult because what it is, is people just kind of keep handing me these, these rocks or handing me these small boulders because you're so strong, you're so strong and you can handle anything. I don't want to handle everything. And so just take a step back and think about that for a second. So my point is, is that your boss, your head of school, your board president, they think that you can do the impossible and every once in a while, not everybody, but every once in a while, some of them also forget that you're a human being that has a life outside of the school. And so here's my point about the better compensated is, is that you need to remind them of the things that you do and not every day, but once at the end of the year is certainly reasonable. And so this, this portfolio that you're going to share with them, it has the positive comments. Oh, Okay, so these parents, these uh, a few teachers, and you know they're noticing and they're saying some things about like this about you as a as, as a leader, huh? 
Um, and then your head of school or your board president, they're reading through your accomplishments. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, we did that. Oh, I didn't even know about that one. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, that definitely helps retention. Okay, you see where I'm going? And then with professional development, when your boss reads that, they see that you are committed to growing yourself. And here's a little extra bonus is, is that if they see a pattern of you growing yourself and a commitment to that, doing it on your own, then they're more likely to say yes when you ask to go to a conference that costs money. And so the bottom line is, is that the more that your boss is reminded of your value to the organization, the more likely you are to be better compensated and to get a better raise. And you might be thinking, yeah, right. You know, my school is locked into whatever this percent raise is, and it doesn't matter what you do. Um, that's the raise that you're going to get if you do a great job or if you do kind of a lousy job. Well, maybe you have some power to change that over time because that is not a great model. It's very, it's not very motivating for people to really go above and beyond. But um, you, there's one way you can guarantee that you'll be locked into that annual raise structure, and that's by not creating an annual portfolio. But one of the ways that you might be able to bust out of that and, and get noticed and get a little more is by reminding a very busy person, your boss, once a year about the things that you have accomplished the comments that are made to you and about you, and that you're growing yourself as a professional. And then let's go back to the infomercial one more time. And I'm going to say, but wait, there's more. Because one bonus thing that this portfolio has done for me is, is that it's helped me overcome imposter syndrome. And so I'm going to link episode 27 in the show notes at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 37. And that podcast episode was called the six ways to overcome imposter syndrome and just real quick the oxford dictionary does, defines imposter syndrome as the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills and then further um, imposter syndrome is an internal belief that you are not good enough to be doing the role that you have and it's a feeling that you'll be tested at some point, you'll fail to live up to expectations, and you'll be found out, and, you'll, and you feel like a fraud, okay? So you can listen to episode 27, and it goes into great detail how to overcome that. But one of the things that I've found is that imposter syndrome is something I can overcome by rereading during the course of the year. See, this is the point. The portfolio isn't just for something that you give to your boss at the end of the year at your annual review. We'll get to that in a moment. It's something for you over the course of the school year. And this is another example of that. You're feeling like an imposter. You read reread positive comments. Huh, I'm not an imposter. There are actually other people that think that I know what I'm doing. You read reread your accomplishments for so far that school year or in prior school years. Well, I'm not a fraud. Look, I've added value to this school. I, I do know what I'm doing. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing in this specific area, and that's where PD comes in. So you see that you've done some PD, um, and then you're like, okay, well, uh, one of the most effective ways to overcome imposter syndrome is to identify the skills where you need to grow and then grow yourself. And so then you do that and you see that in the PD and you're like, okay, I'm working on myself. And so those three things together form a powerful, powerful uh, combination to help you overcome imposter syndrome.
All right, and then I'm going to wrap it up by um, telling you part four. What do you do with your annual portfolio at the end of the school year? All right, first of all, um, you're going to clean it up a little. Um, so you're going to go back through, and if there's formatting or, you know, um, what I've found is uh, a little trick is is that when you copy and paste stuff, is always click on paste without formatting. In that's in Google Docs, and then that way it um, you don't have to change formatting and stuff at the end of the year. But clean it up, um, review the accomplishments. There might be a couple that you're like, yeah, I don't know, that doesn't really seem like an accomplishment. But don't just go hacking and deleting everything. Maybe just read through it, but don't delete more than two or three at the most of your accomplishments. Those are accomplishments. You did that. They're worthwhile. Okay. And then you've cleaned it up. Now you have to decide, is it going to be digital or a binder? Is it going to be digital that I uh, turn this into my boss, my head of school, or my board president? Um, or is it going to be in a binder? So if it's digital, you can just create a cover page and then it's just there and you kind of fix the formatting so that the um, that the positive comment starts at the top of a page break, that accomplishments start at the top of a page break, and that professional development starts at the top of a page break, and um, then just share it. And I'll get to that in a moment. But if you decide you want to do a binder, then it could be that you do the cover page as well as um, printing out a page for each section on your copy machine. And then you get a binder from the dollar store. I guess I said it was free, so I'll take that back. It could cost a dollar if you decide to do the binder. So you go to the dollar store and get a binder and just put that in there. And then the question becomes, well, when do I give this to my boss? Well, I think that if you have an annual review, which most of you do, and hopefully you do, that my suggestion would be you either share it the digital form or give your boss the binder three days before the annual review to give them a chance to look at it. And for those of you that have no annual review, I would suggest one week after the last day of school. And that's a very specific time. And um, I'll get to that in our call to action as far as why I'm suggesting that. So before we get into the big takeaways and wrap it up, I just want to say one more time that for me, over the past 11 years, this has probably been one of the biggest reasons that I've been able to feel um, happier at work and to just be able to have a tool that is building over the course of the year to something that I have at the end of the year, and that's rewarding. But also specifically, when I'm having a bad day or I'm feeling like I don't know what I'm doing, that I can open up that Google Doc and read through it or even look at past years and look at that and it makes me happier. It makes me realize I do know what I'm doing and it is just something that I feel really strongly about that an annual portfolio can really change the way you feel about yourself, the story that you tell yourself and how you lead at your school. And so our big takeaways today are an annual portfolio can help you be a happier and better compensated leader and also help you overcome imposter syndrome. And in this episode, I told you why I started to make an annual portfolio 
12 year, or 11 years ago. And then in part two, I told you how to create one. And that was to start a Google Doc and have a section for positive comments, a section for accomplishments, and a section for professional development. And then I, in part three, told you about how an annual portfolio has made me a happier and better compensated leader. And then in part four, I talked to you about what to do with your annual portfolio at the end of the year with your boss. And I'll review that and it will be in the show notes in at the private school leader.com slash episode 37. And so our call to action for today's episode, there's actually two. First, start a Google Doc and type positive comments at the top, skip a few lines and type accomplishments, and then skip a few lines and write professional development. Put at the top the current school year when you're listening to this or the upcoming school year and then just start pasting things in there typing things in there as they happen over the course of the year and then at the end of the school year you will have a portfolio so call to action number one is start a google doc and call to action number two is go into your calendar and one week after the last day of school make an appointment that says turn in portfolio so let's just say at 9 to 9.15 a.m., it says turn in portfolio. And so by having that on your calendar, it's much more likely to happen. So in wrapping it up, I just want to let you know I have a free resource for you that's called the five ways to uh, effectively deal with difficult parents. And it's just a common sense guide that hopefully will help you have better meetings and have better interactions with the difficult parents at your school. And you can get that over at the privateschoolleader.com slash parents. And I'd love to hear from you. My email address is mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. And let me know if you've tried a new strategy or uh, what your biggest pain point is right now, or if you have an idea for an upcoming episode, I'd love to hear from you at mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. And so be sure to subscribe. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the private school leader or Twitter at the PS leader. And if you got value from this episode, please, please, please share it with another leader at your school or someone that you think is an aspiring leader at your school. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I want to say again how much I appreciate you and all the hard work that you're doing at your school. Thanks so much for taking some precious time out of your week to join me here today. And I will see you next time on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.